began last week talking to you on this subject of God first, that during this season, especially during this Lent season, as we kind of begin to focus on what Easter is all about, that God needs to be first place in our life. So would you take your Bibles today and go to the book of Matthew, the 6th chapter and the 33rd verse. And as you're doing that, let me say hello to all of our campuses today. My name is Eddie Couples. I'm the lead pastor for Love and Truth Ministries. And I'm thankful today of what's happening at your campus. Over the past few days, we have prayed for you. We believe that God has a word for you today. So as I preach here, I also believe that God is going to speak to you there so that we can all together grow to be what God would have us to be. The book of Matthew, the 6th chapter... The 33rd verse is a very familiar passage of Scripture, and here's what it says. But seek first His kingdom. Do you see that? Seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, and all of these what? Things will be given to you as well. And if you back up in the first a few verses before that, it talks about what those things are, what you're going to wear, what you're going to eat, where you're going to sleep. All of these things are going to be given to you if you place God first. And last week we talked about how that we need to place God first in our finances, that it's about making Him the first priority, bringing the first fruits into the house of God that proves whether or not we really have Him as central focus of our life. Now today we're going to talk about time, and, and, and there was a great theologian said, time keeps on ticking. Either a great theologian or the Steve Miller band won. I, Into the future, right? Come on. Pretty good theology from the Steve Miller band. But anyway, let let me do it this way today. Let's say that every day you get up and in your bank account, there's put in $1,440 each day. How many of you would like that? You'd shout, you'd, you'd dance. Now, here's, here's the catch about that. None of it carries over. None of it carries over to the next day. None of it, you've you, you got to use it today, and you've got to use it wisely. And some of you are sitting there thinking, man, if I got that, what could I do with $1,440 a day? Can I tell you that you get something much more precious and $1,440 a day, you get 1,440 minutes a day. And, and you look at me and say, oh, no, 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 the, the, the money's more important. I promise you, you can have millions of dollars, but on your deathbed, you'll say, take the money, give me another day. You, you, you may be the person who lives in the finest house, but I promise you money won't buy you happiness in the finest house. In that moment, you would take a little more time to spend with your family and your friends. A lot of us have this whole idea in our Western society that the most important thing is money, and yet that is not true. The most important thing is your time. And how we spend our time is a spiritual issue. What do we do with our time, day in and day out? How do we live out life? Now, I, I want to talk to you just for a few moments, and in a little bit we're going to go to the book of Ephesians, the fifth chapter. But before we get there, let, let me just talk to you. How many of you know that in your car you have warning lights in your car? Ever, ever noticed that? Any of you ever had that check engine light come on? I've, I've got a car now that is, it goes way too fast. And, uh, 
And when, it, when you go way too fast, there's a, there's a little yellow triangle that comes up with an exclamation point in it. I don't know what that is, but I'm ready to put a piece of tape over it so I don't see it. All right? But how many of you know that those warning lights are put there for a purpose? It, it means, you know, something's wrong in the car, something's wrong in the way you're driving. Not, you you got to get this fixed. See, here's what I believe. I believe life has warning lights. And, and it's according to how we're using our time and day in and day out what these warning lights say to us. I want to talk about four of them real quickly this morning, and then we're going to just kind of dig way down into the book of Ephesians, the fifth chapter. The, the four warning lights that I think are so necessary, and it, and it really depends on how we use these in our life with our time. The first one is our spiritual life. What, what is it uh, uh, that's happening right now? If, if you were a car, you're not, but if you were a car, what, would your spiritual light blinker be coming on? Would there be a red light that says, check your spiritual life? Or, or would the, everything, all the gauges look fine? Would everything look good? Would, would, would there be uh, plenty of gas in the tank and plenty of oil in the engine and plenty of air in the tire? Is, is everything all right in your spiritual life? See, here's, here's what I want to tell you. You can determine whether everything is right or wrong in your life. If it's not right, you are a person who rarely enjoys intimacy with God. See, there's a lot of people who go to church. There's a lot of people who call themselves Christians. But there aren't a lot of Christians who really have an intimate walk with God. Where that, where that God really is the first priority of their life. That Matthew 6, of seeking first the kingdom of God. What happens to us is, is a lot of times there's little or no time spent in prayer. There's little or no time spent in devotion to God. We're too busy to pray. Come on, Pastor, when do you expect me to pray? You know, I, I do that, Lord, bless this food thing. I, I do that, now lay me down to sleep deal. What more do I need? L listen, in your life, the, that, that check engine, that check spirituality light may be going off today because you are not spending enough time with God. If your time spent with God determines your time spent in heaven, wow, it just got quiet. Some of us would just get to the gate and turn around and say, well, I, I went, I made it to the gate, but I didn't really get to spend much time in the presence of God because, listen, your spiritual life is really important, and how you spend your time in your spiritual life is very vital. The second thing uh, is this physical world. There, there, there's time issues about this physical world. Um, one of the ways that you know what, what a person's physical world is really going on inside of them and around them is, is that you can look at some things. I've, I've walked into people's offices and been scared. You know, there, there's stuff stacked you know, books leaning like they're about to teeter over if you walk in and, and, and there's stuff on the desk, you know, about the desk is here and stuff stacked this high and you say, I need that report. And they go, hang on just a minute. Right? And, and they're pulling stuff and, and you're freaking out going, man, this is, this is bad. Uh, you know, what, what, what and I, I'm, I'm going to get in your business, so you're, are you ready? All right? Uh, you know, what, what's our, our house look like? I, I can remember years ago when I was assist, assistant pastor in, in Memphis, uh, that Pastor Luther, there was a new family that visited, and he said, you need to go visit this family. And so, um, you know, I, I wanted to get paid, so I went and visited. 
just seeing if you're awake. I, w- I went and visited his family, and I knocked on the door, and they came and opened the door, and I looked. You, you ever looked and knew that you were in the wrong place? I looked, and uh, that was before the TV series Hoarders, but I went, oh, help me, Jesus. And uh, they said, oh, come in. I'm going, no, I really don't want to. Oh, come on in. I went in, and it's like, stuff. And they said, sit down, and I wanted to go, where? (laughs) You know, they moved 13 things and dusted something off, and I sat there all the time just worried about if I was going to get typhoid or something. It was, you know know what I mean? And and, and there are those moments, and I don't want to get into your business too bad, but but if we look at our homes and we look at our houses, are they just completely out of control? Is is everything, you know, are there, listen, I don't don't want to get too much up in your your grill this morning, but, but I want to tell you, I believe with all my heart there ought to be some rules in your house. I believe that the kids, I, I believe you just ought to make some rules just, just so the kids can't do some things. They just need to know, no, you can't do that. It's not sin and you won't die, but you can't do it, right? Because we, we live in such chaos. We live, our physical world is, is so out of control. One of, the, one of the ways that you know if your physical world is out of control, if you're working harder but accomplishing less. Do you feel like, man, I'm, I'm going 90 miles an hour, and I, man, I can't accomplish anything? It could be that the time that you're spending in this physical world, and understand that, that people say, I'm a Christian, this world doesn't matter. Really? This world matters, people. We still are in, the Bible says we are in the world, but we're not of the world. So we're still living in this physical world. Listen, the day I got saved, I didn't get translated to heaven. I'm still living. I still have to operate in this physical plane. And, and so a lot of times we feel like, well, you know, I, I'm always behind. I never can get ahead. It's always, I, in fact, I hear people say that, man, I'm just always behind. Wait, wait a minute. The reason that we're that way is because we're not using our time wisely. Well, if I could, if I could just have one more hour, everybody look up here. You can't. You can't have one more hour. You got 24 a day. Everybody's got 24 a day. Nobody shows up and said, hey, yesterday I got 25, baby. <laughs> no, they just, they'll lie to you about something else if they tell you that. They've got 24. And and here's the deal. We have people who come up with inventions. We have people who run corporations. We have people who do all kinds of things. And then we got other people who go, I don't know. I just never can get anything accomplished. Could it be that the use of this time, this 1,440 minutes that we have been given, that we're not properly stewarding what God has given us? I can wait. So I've I've got to look at my physical world. third thing I've got to look at is I've got to look at my emotional world. How are you doing emotionally? How's your self-esteem this morning? Nobody likes me. Everybody hates me. I'm going to eat some. Anyway, you know, I, well, how, how, you feel, how do you feel about yourself? Well, I don't feel very good about myself. Well, let me help you this morning. Let me help you to feel better about yourself. The Word of God says that you were created and that you were made in the image of the Almighty God. So you ought to feel pretty good about yourself because you've been made like God. 
You, you have been made in his image. You've been made in his likeness. You are, you are created like God. Don't, don't go around feeling poorly about yourself, about your work, about your life all the time. And a lot of times it's just because we get so stressed out with so many things and somebody told us, you know, hey, you're a loser, you're this, that, you know, let me help you. Quit allowing people to determine your life. Quit allowing those who are around you to dictate to you who you are. Listen, I've been told all kind of things all of my life. I've been told I wasn't going to be successful. I've been told that I wasn't going to be able to accomplish anything. I was told I couldn't pastor. I was told that I couldn't stand. I was told all of these things. And yet, you know what? There are some people, I'm wired this way. You wave a red flag at me and I'm coming out. You tell me I can't do something. And me and the Lord, and sometimes he's not even involved, are going to prove you dead wrong. Some of you need to wake up today and quit allowing people around you to beat you down, to put you down, to keep you down, and say, wait a minute, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, and my time is not up, my day is not over, and I am going to do everything that God has called me to do. I want to tell you, that's how I'm going to live life. I refuse to let those people around me to destroy my self-esteem. You, you know, do, do you feel guilty all the time? Yeah, you know, I just, I don't know. Well, let me give you another scripture. You ready? You ready for another scripture? There is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but who walk after the Spirit. You don't have to live guilty. You don't have to live in condemnation if you are a Christian today. The Word of God says, the Word of God does not say you're never going to sin. The Word of God does not say you're never going to fail. In fact, I'll give you another one. The Word of God does not say you're going to be able to do everything that you want to do. You say, well, the Bible says I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Well, read the rest of that. I cannot dunk a basketball. I can pray, I can fast, I can still not dunk a basketball. White men can't jump. I can't beat Michael Jordan in a, if he were in a wheelchair, I couldn't beat him. All right? You, you, you've got to understand that you don't need to be going around feeling guilty about some areas of your life that are out of your control. If it is out of your control, then God did not mean for you to worry about that. Some of you have gone through horrible things. Here, Pastor, this morning. Some of you have gone through horrible things as a child. You experienced abuse in many ways. You experienced all kind of, uh, of degradation in ways. And if you are not careful, the enemy will use that to keep you guilty and keep you beaten down and not using the time that God has given you in a valuable way. I want to tell you, the Apostle Paul said, forgetting those things which are behind me and pressing on toward the mark of the high con. He said, I am not going to let what happened yesterday or what I did yesterday dictate to me my future. Come on, let, let's, let's get healthy emotionally. Let's get to that place that we can do what God has called us to do. Don't, don't always go around believing you're not accomplishing what you should. Begin to believe that whatever God has begun in you, that you are going to be able to complete it. Amen. The, the, the fourth area that we need to look at, and then we're going to get in the Word, because I know some of you want me to get in the Word. The, the fourth aspect, I've been in the Word, you just didn't know it. The fourth aspect is relationships. It's, it's that area that, that that red light's going off, going woo, woo, woo. 
Let me, let me ask you a question. Are you spending enough time with the important people in your life? Do I need to ask that again? Are you spending enough time with the important people in your life? Now, who are the important people? Probably not your boss. Probably not the people you hang out and play golf with or whatever. The important people of your life. Have you found yourself always irritable with those that are closest to you? Isn't it interesting? We go to work and we put the smile on, we put the business suit on, we put whatever, and we, we kind of like, hey, hey, oh, everything's great. And then you go home and you kick the dog and you holler at the kids and you cuss out the cat. You know, I mean, right? Why? Let me ask you this question. Who gets the best of you? Who gets the best of you? You know what's sad? Is most of the time, it's not those that are the closest to us. Most of the time, we have spent so much energy, so much effort on so much else, and so much time has been spent that all we can do is come home and crash and not really understand. And I'm not, I'm not trying to just beat you down, but I want you to hear me. We've got to understand that those who are the closest to us are the ones who deserve our best. They deserve your time. They deserve your effort and your energy. See, we, we, we live in a nation of fast food, fast cars, and fast computers. In fact, we want it faster and quicker and more, don't we? And yet, the Word of God tells us how to live this life. Would you go to the book of Ephesians, the fifth chapter? Ephesians chapter 5 lists to us or gives to us an understanding here. Beginning in the 15th verse. Now, here's, here's what the Lord says to us through the Apostle Paul. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, we've been talking about all those areas, not as unwise, but as wise. Look at verse 16, making the most of every opportunity because the days are what? Evil, right? Therefore do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Now we're going to talk about the Lord's will in a moment and how you get that. Then it goes on verse 18, do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and songs of the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord. Always giving thanks to God, to the, God, God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, now, I want to I kind of drill down here for just a moment out of this passage and show you how that we are to take time and how that we are to use it for the glory of God. Number one is this. God has given you enough time to do what he's called you to do. Amen. God's given you enough time. You say, I don't have enough time. Yes, you do. What you just said was God did not know what he was doing. How many of you believe God knew what he was doing? Right? So God's given you enough time to do what you need to do. What we need to do, though, is this. We need to take time each day to know God's will. That's, that's what he said there, right? That's what the Scripture said, know the will of God. So we need to take time. Every day we need to take time to know the will of God. You say, well, pastor, how do I know the will of God? Two ways. You ready? Number one way is the Word of God. But the number two way is as important as the number one way, but the church doesn't want to talk about it. Isn't it interesting that this church that claims to be a New Testament church now in the 21st century, go back to the first century 
we have elevated a book they did not have above an experience they did have. Well, I didn't get a bunch of shouts on that, did I? In other words, if you study the New Testament church, they didn't have the New Testament to read. They couldn't go to the book of Ephesians, the fifth chapter, and read it because it had not been written. Oh, I understand they had the Old Testament. I got that. But watch this. The Word of God lets us know that they were led by the Spirit. I need to take the Word of God, but I also need to listen to the voice of God. And as God speaks to me, then I am led and guided by the Spirit of God. Whatever God speaks will line up with His Word, but I want to tell you, and I'm going to get in trouble for saying this, don't be so bound to the Word that you miss out on a new experience that God has for you. Oh, help me. Let me explain that because I'm going to get misquoted about that. How many of you remember in Scripture where Jesus shows up walking on the water? You know that? How many of you know that in Scripture you can read Genesis through the end of the book of Malachi and you will never find a Scripture about walking on water? Okay, I will help you. It's not in there. You can't go to the Old Testament and say, oh, yeah, there's, there's that walking on water Scripture, and yet Jesus shows up and Peter says, Lord, if that's you, tell me to come. Jesus says, come. He says, okay, here I go. Why? Because he was willing to experience what the Spirit was saying in a moment that did not have, oh, help me. You couldn't go to the Old Testament and prove it. So some of us need to get to the place where we understand, yes, the Word of God is vital. Yes, the Word of God is our foundation. But I want you to understand that the Spirit is also speaking to us and it is bringing us into fresh revelation and fresh things of God on a daily basis. And so that's how I determine the will and the purpose of God. Number two is I've got to order my world. Ephesians 5 talks about this. I've got to get my world into order. If I want my time to be used the way that God wants me to, then my world has to be orderly. There is nobody in Scripture that ordered their world any better than Jesus did. Jesus' world. Jesus, did you realize Jesus never got in a hurry? I mean, Jesus was always able to take time. He was always willing to talk to me. Why? Because Jesus had his world perfectly ordered. Let me show you real quickly what he had. First of all is that he understood his mission. He knew what he was called to do. He, was, he came to preach repentance. The kingdom of heaven is at hand, and he knew that he was going to die. That's what he came for. So he understood his mission. Listen, I want to help you today. You have a mission, and should you accept that mission? Just, just going for it. Should you accept that mission? Central command will not disavow you if you're captured. It will be that God will back you up if you will understand what your mission is all about. Secondly, Jesus knew his limits. You say, Jesus had limits? Yeah, Jesus had limits. Jesus had to rest. Jesus had to eat. Jesus at one time went to a, to a town to preach and to heal people. And the Bible says they didn't believe him. And even he could not do many miracles in that city. Jesus knew his limits. Some, let me say this, and i got to hurry. Some of you need to know your limits. You're not Superman. When I first started pastoring, I walked around with an S on my shirt all the time. Superman. Then I understood the S stood for stupid. Because I was trying to do everything. I was trying to do too much. And I understood real quickly, I'm not Superman. 
If I got an S on my shirt, it's probably stupid, right? You're called to do what you're called to do, but you got to know your limits. Number three that Jesus was in his life, when you look at that, Jesus always put people first. People was above everything else in Jesus' life. The disciples would come and say, Lord, send them away. And he'd go, no, let's minister to them. Lord, don't let those kids come. He'd say, no, except you become as a little child. I mean, he, he was always people-centered in his ministry. I want to tell you something. Love and True Church, hear me carefully. All campuses, hear me carefully. Listen, I love numbers. The reason I love numbers is because numbers are people. It's always about people. Everything we do, every, every time we pray, every time we minister, every time we preach, it's always about people. Yes, we want more and more numbers to come in, but it's only because it represents lives being changed for the kingdom of God. See, I, I want to ask you a question today. What does my world look like? What does your world look like today? When you look at your world, is it, is it chaotic? Is, is, it, is it orderly? Where are you today? And are you using the time that God has given you in the way that you would want to be able to stand before him. Remember, you've got that, that balance of sheet every day that says 1440 every day. And I, I don't want to mess with you too much, but the Word of God says one day you're going to give account for every moment. In fact, the Bible says you're going to give account for every idle word. Man, I hope to get forgiveness over that one. Every, everything we've done, everything we've said, every moment we've spent, how have we been spending it? Have we been spending it for God? Number three is I've got to determine. The, the Apostle Paul writing there in the book of Ephesians talks to us about determining the important. What is it that's important in your life? Is it really, where we go back to Matthew 6, are you really putting the kingdom of God first in your life? Or is everything else first in your life? See, here's, we, we deal with this urgent and important, and I talk about it a lot because it is so needful in our society. The ringing phone is urgent. Your quiet time is important. It's, it's all a matter of how you look at it. Some of you need to understand that when you look down and you see certain people, don't answer. Wow, it gets quiet. I think God created, on the eighth day, God created Oh, that's who it is. No, I'm not answering that. Why, why is it that we feel like on our cell phone, you didn't do this on your own home phone, but why is it you feel like on your cell phone that when somebody calls you and they don't leave a message, you call them back even if you don't know their number? You, you, you'll dial that. Did you just call me? <laughs> yeah, who is this? And you'll spend 30 minutes talking to a complete stranger about nothing. Really? Come on, if they don't leave a message, don't call back. Wow, help me, Lord. That's why, that's why on the ninth day, God created voicemail. Anyway, <laughs> let, me, let me talk to you about the difference in urgent and important. Urgent demands, it's, it's a demanding, immediate attention and is often associated with someone else's goals. Did you get that? Urgent demands, immediate attention and is often associated with someone else's goals important the important things in your life have an outcome that leads to the achievement of your goals 
What is it you're called to do? What is it your time ought to be spent on? Those are the important things. My family is important. My home is important. My relationship with God is important. What I do to feed my mind and my spirit, that's important. See, I I need to determine in my life some things, and I'm going to close with this today. Number one is I need to, to determine my purpose. What is my purpose in life? Rick Warren wrote a book on on our purpose in life and sold over 30 million copies because everybody wants to know what is my purpose. Well, let me give you your purpose. Are you ready? Your purpose is to be Christ-like. That's your purpose in life. And if you're using your time in the way that God's told you to, you will be Christ-like. The second thing I've got to determine are my priorities. What are your priorities in life? First of all, they ought to be the kingdom of God. Christ ought to be first. And and listen, I I understand today that we've got a lot of things pulling at our attention and and grabbing for our time. I know that. But I want to tell you, God has to be number one. He needs to get my attention. He needs to get my focus. He needs to get my time. Give Him your time. Make Him the first priority in your life. Make Him the one who day in and day out is number one in your life. And thirdly, I need to determine my plan. What is my plan for life? Do you have a plan? I mean, I know some people, they're just proud to be here. (laughs) Listen, I have a plan. I I know where my life is headed. I know what I believe God's called me to do. I I, I know different ones of you who come to me and share with me at times. Pastor, I got this plan. I believe God's going to do this. And you lay it out. You know what? Maybe they won't all come to pass. But that's okay, as long as I've got a plan, as long as I'm going somewhere doing something. See, here's, let me, let me do this about your plan as I close. Have you ever made a plan and then asked God just to bless it? Come on, anybody? Well, I'll wait. The rest of you are so holy or you're a bunch of liars, one. I don't know which it is. I, I'm kind of leaning to the second one there. Anyway, uh, Here's, here's, let, let me do it this way. It's like sitting down uh, at a table and ordering French fries covered in cheese with bacon all over it and then going, now, Lord, I pray today you just bless this and sanctify it to my body. And God goes, there ain't no way. You're violating about 33 laws of nature. You're putting, you know, 200 times the amount of cholesterol in your body. I mean, God goes, listen, there are some things I can't even do. I've sat at a table and people say, now, Lord, we just rebuke the calories. And God just goes, nope, I don't do that either. All right? So what you have to do is that you have to bring your plan into alignment with God. What is it that God is speaking to you? Listen, I want, I want you to hear me. Your time, that 1440 of your life every day, is all you're ever going to get. And listen to a man who has been down the road a year or two. Time keeps on ticking, ticking into the future. And the older you get the quicker it ticks. And so you have to come to that place today of saying, Lord, I want to make you first priority 
of my time. I know, I know, I know, and, and let me say this. I know I haven't talked about leisure and fun. Listen, I believe in all of that. I, I believe that you ought to go on vacation. I believe you ought to enjoy yourself. I believe you ought to have a boat or golf clubs or motorcycle or whatever it is that you want. I am all for it. I, I believe it. I, I believe, listen, I, I, I'll, I'll tell you guys something. I set some people free in the first service. I want to set the rest of you free. When I go on vacation, you ready? When I go on vacation, I don't go to church. Even on Sunday. <laughs> Sherry gets on me. We ought to go to church. And I go, mm-mm. <laughs> I go to church all the time. I am still saved. I am still sanctified. And I'm still full of the Holy Ghost. I am not going to church <laughs> on vacation. Now, if you want, don't, don't shoot me any nasty emails. I'm just trying to set some of you free. So I believe in all those things. I, th I think those things are necessary, but I believe in our culture, we've done two things. We've run so fast that we've got God out of the picture, and then we've taken such leisure we haven't given time to God. And so we have to balance this, and that's what I'm talking about today. Amen?